What's up, y'all, and welcome to episode one of season two of Tarvalon Talks. Dolph, Finya, and myself, Thad, are going to kick this season off right with a Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime preview. We'll be diving into the trailer and featurette and giving you our ideas on what's headed, you know, our way come season two of Wheel of Time. Spoiler warning, though, this episode may contain spoilers for both the TV show and the book series, so you've been warned. May contain spoilers? I think it will. Oh no, it's going to contain spoilers. Will contain spoilers. So we want to start with the trailer. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that trailer. There's there's so much. I mean, let's 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 do one of the first, I guess, big ones. Is we see Rand at the spine of the world at the Dragon Wall, about to probably go over into Aiel Country. Yeah, that's kind of where we left him at the end of season one, right? No, at the end of season one, he's trudging his way out of. Um, well, out into the waste, not waste, the blight. Yeah. He, he he's he's up in the blight and he's just like see you later and just disappears. I said waste. I get the waste blight. It's the same word, same concept. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> depends on who you ask. I guess. Yeah, huh? I guess the IO might disagree. <laughs> I mean, they say the threefold land, right? Yeah, that's their their name for the waste. Yes. Okay. For a second, I was thinking that was their name for the other side of the spine, but it's been too long since I've read the books. I feel like that. <laughs> honestly, I feel like that about the trailer, like. There are lots of things in it. I'm not going to recognize very many of them because I've only read the books once and it was like a year ago. So it should be relatively fresh in your mind then, right? That was like, I don't know, 150 books ago. <laughs> so no. <laughs> so uh, so the second uh, important one we saw is we we got to see Bialzaman walking around a table full of hooded figures, which is the, basically this was the uh, meeting of the dark friends this was the the boar's point of view that we got at the beginning of i think book two two or three i think book two or book three but yeah this was kind of like one of the first big other side of the coin kind of points of views that we got so um that means that potentially if they stick to it being uh you know we know him as boars um which white cloak was he he's he's a white cloak i forget his name i'm gonna be so useless um. Jachim That was Carradine. a Keridan, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Google. <laughs> Jachim Keridan. Uh Yes. Now, also, if you have not already done so, if you go back to season one and you watch episode eight and you watch all the way to the end, you can see the Dark Friend social all the way through. They have put it at the end of episode eight. There is a preview and it's the first scene from season two. We talked about that. And I forgot about it. I actually just watched it the other night again. Well, for the second time. And we do get kind of a lot of information there. Like we see clues as to who some of the other dark friends are. Um, so I, I thought it was a great scene. It is great. So if you haven't watched it yet, you should probably definitely go do that. But yeah, it, it starts off with a little girl like outside the uh, fortress. I'm not entirely sure where it's set. Probably somewhere near the waist or blight. Blight waste, whatever. If it's the meeting of dark friends, that happens in Teleron Riod. Oh, yeah, but this one... This one may not happen in Teleron Riod. Yeah, this one may be set in our world, or... This little girl just happens to be there. Well, and she calls one of the characters mom. Yes, and it appears to be a tinker, because she has some like, a brightly colored clothing, yeah, so, like the tinker style. So I would kind of be surprised if it did take place in Teleron Riod, yeah. just because why would you bring your daughter your little child there with you to this to this meeting yeah well i mean people stumble haphazardly into uh into the world of dreams uh 
momentarily. That's but true. Hey. But anyway, the little girl gets chased down by a Trolloc. Okay, so yeah, it's definitely not the world <laughs> yeah. of dreams if there's Trollocs in there. So on the third, on the third thing that we have, I'm I'm kind of going in order of. Of, of how the trailer went and I haven't listed everything. So if I miss something, just be like, Hey, you forgot about this. We can talk about that. But the next big thing that I saw is we see, um, we see Balsamon channeling mm-hmm. and the channeling he's doing is a little bit different because the channeling is like kind of a lightish greenish color. And I'm thinking, are we seeing him channel the true source, the true power from, from the dark one himself? Mm-hmm. That's possible. Cause up until this point, we haven't seen it, even though he's probably been doing it. That's true. We haven't seen a lot of Rand channeling either, so we don't really know mm-hmm. what Sidine. Sidine. We so uh, I mean we've seen Logain mm-hmm. do it, and when he does it, you see the corruption kind of happening with it. Later in the trailer, we do see Rand channeling, and his channeling is like kind of reddish color. Yeah, not, not like you know we've seen with the Aes Sedai so far, where it's just simple white color. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see a what Balsamon is channeling. I think it's uh, true power, and then. The, Later on with Rand, we, we get to see potentially that's what Sidine actually looks like mm-hmm. before it corrupts. But we've seen Loghain channel, and it was completely yeah. different. It makes me wonder, actually, if we're going to have slightly different representation for channeling just in general. Um, and it's not specifically male channelers. I mean, those are, those are who we see in the trailer, right? But like, are we going to see the mm-hmm. Aes Sedai channeling in a different manner? Maybe. So so far, the only correlation to both of them that we have is, like I said, what we've seen between Loghain, who has been was the only male channeler outside of the flashbacks with Rand, with the corrupted channeling in season one. So we kind of don't have a really good idea of what's going on yet. Yeah, because Rand's channeling in season one looked like Loghain's. Mm-hmm. To where it's just like the white shooting out, or it's the white starts out first and then the black chases it because it's mm-hmm. corrupted. Yep. So... One of the next things we see is a lady coming out of the blood. Yeah, the bloody the bloody girl. Who do you think the bloody girl is? Because I legit, I don't know. I've I've been thinking about this. I have no idea on who it could be. I think it's Celine. You think it's Celine? Yeah. I mean, in the book, she just kind of shows up. She's being like accosted by some Grom when they're doing yeah. their portal traveling, and she's just there. She's like, "Oh, I got lost." And Rand goes, I'll save you. I think he I think maybe she's showing up in Rand's dreams. And this is from a dream. That seems kind of odd for her because she likes to be prim, proper, and powerful. This seems like this seems like a more of a Mogedian thing mm. to do. When do we get Mogedian? I didn't think that Mogedian showed up until quite like mid in the series. She yeah, I don't think she shows up until post book three, actually. Although that being said, like that's not really any reason why it couldn't be Mogadian. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. They're 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 doing stuff out of order on the TV show. They're you know it's an adaptation, so it's not going to be one to one. Yeah. So I mean, we, yeah, I, potentially we could be seeing a new Forsaken coming out to play. The other possibility is, is that it is from one of the accepted tests. That I mean, obviously the girls are going to do their test when they go back to the tower. We we see Nynaeve. We see a bunch of scenes with Nynaeve at her test in the tower. We see her approaching the arches. We see them channeling the arches active. And I'm pretty sure there's like two scenes with her inside the arches doing stuff. Because there's one of them with her hands being bloody. Mm-hmm. Because her accepted tests was the first one is she was in a maze running away from Aganor. Because she was super afraid of Aganor. 
And then in the second one, she had gone back to... Um, we didn't get Aganor. Yeah, there, yeah, we didn't get Aganor in season one, so I don't know how they're going to handle that portion of the, the Silver Arches of the accepted test. And then with the second arch, or third arch, I don't, know, I don't remember the order, but she's back at the White... Or not the White Tower. She's back in Ed, Edmund's Field, and someone, some lady from Terran Ferry has become the Wisdom, and she's basically been poisoning the town and kind of killing people off. And she has to, like, leave Emmons Field. That was part of her test, was leaving Emmons Field behind because the arch appeared. And she's like, make the choice to stay and save Emmons Field or leave it. And I'm now drawing a blank on her third one. I think it was something to do with land, though. Yeah, I think it was. That sounds right. Like, she, she had a she, she had a child. I think she mm-hmm. had a child with land. Yeah, that's what it was. She had a child with land, and the arch appears, and land's basically, like calling after her, no, please stay. And she's crying and she runs, no, because her, the arch disappears at first with her on that one. Yeah. And then she kind of wills it back. Cause even when she gets back through, they're just like, Hey, the arches went dim for a second. We thought you were gone. Which one of them had some kind of issue with the arches? That was that a queen? No, no. Uh, that was the, that was the one with Nynaeve where the, the arch disappeared and then it came back because you know, it was, you only have one, one, but one chance. Cause if the arches disappear, you're stuck, you're gone. So the next scene that we have in the trailer is we see some Damani channeling in one of the villages. And I assume that this is one of the West coast villages when, you know, they make landfall. They're just like, here's a show of our power. Kaboom. Basically we get to see a little a little flexibility in what they're capable of, which is a lot. Or tier. You think it's tier? I, I mean, it could be that, or when the IO comes mm-hmm. in. Well. Yeah, that could, that could be potential. I thought it, it, the, the, what they were blowing up looked like to be kind of either a fishing village kind of setting or, you know, just something outside of a major city, just like, you know, the farm, like farming, farmlands. It's one of, one of those two. Like, it's either in tier outside of tier yeah i don't think they have enough time to do a lot of extraneous john john blowing up random villages because we only <laughs> have eight episodes we have eight episodes yeah yeah something like that <laughs> every episode they blow up another village <laughs> that's the sean chan <laughs> either you I give mean, us our land back or we'll just or we'll just raise the land that is kind of what they do in the books yeah uh, well, kind of. They capture villages, make them swear an oath, and then let them go on their way. Yeah. That's what they did a lot. They just assume people will keep their oaths. And, and really, a lot of these people are just like, these people are crazy. I've got farms to field, or I've got uh, fields to farm, so. Fields to farms to field. <laughs> well, and I mean, farms logistically, to field. <laughs> logistically for, you know, the, the townspeople and the farmers, like, nothing changes. It really doesn't. No, we just get a good setting. Uh, we, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll skip ahead a little bit with that because we do see a scene very specifically of the Demane attacking Egwene, and um, I don't know who the actor is, but it's the redheaded actor that's been cast as um, one of the other uh, Elaine. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that would be Elaine, wouldn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> I don't pay attention to the castings as much as I probably should because I'm just like I'm going to watch the episodes anyways. <laughs> I only pay attention to the castings because Diana tells me all, all about them. But also, red-headed actor. Mm. <laughs> it's either going to be, you know, an, an Ayu or one of the, the royal family of Andor. Sherium. Is she red-headed? I thought she was red-headed. Maybe she wasn't. Yeah, you're right. It's either Ayu or, you know, one of the people that uh, has claim to the Sun Throne. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's most definitely 
Elaine at that point. But yeah, we see a Damani attacking Egwene directly, and Egwene just kind of fends her off like it's nothing, and we see Elaine running off in the background. And I think that that is the scene that we get in the books where Leandrin leads them away from the tower, you know, all the, I, I, all the way to um, Falma, and then betrays them to Saroth to become Damani. So I, I think we get to see that journey, which means that Nynaeve runs away and fights her way off. Yeah, based on something that my mind just went blank, the actor who plays a queen. Madeline? Madeline, yes. Yeah. Something that Madeline said in an interview that there was a scene in this episode, or this season, that was very hard to, to, to film, but was very impactful. And I'm... I, I think I think we know which scene that is. Hundred percent, the coloring. Oh man, that was like that was. It was so brutal that I was like, when, even when I watch it during the trailer, it's it hits me as hard as it does in the books because that is just it's unsettling. Because we we got we had two of those scenes in this trailer too because the first scene we see her completely ragged wearing the collar and then later on we see her potentially getting shackled for the first time. Oh. God, it just I get chills just thinking about it. It's too much. It's too much. It is too much. Just, ugh, just thinking about it. So going back, um, I know that when we were talking about the bloody girl, you mentioned that it could be Landfear, but we do see Rand meeting this new woman, which we all can assume to be Celine at this point. You know, Landfear. Well, no, they've they've confirmed that that actress is Celine. Yes. We do. We do. That, know that. Oh, that is Celine. Yeah, we do, okay, we do so know that yeah, that so is we that is Celine. So how they're going to meet is what I'm interested in because in the books we have Rand. They they travel through the portal stones. Yeah. Him and um, because it's him, Huron, Loyal, and um, a few others who are traveling through the portal stones, and that's how they met Celine. I wonder if they're going to do portal stone travel. I don't think so. I mean, why would they? Because the portal stones. Besides this meeting with Celine, which can easily be, you know, added in elsewhere or changed somehow, the portal stones don't really have any impact on the story. And like, we never see them again. So it's not entirely, it's not entirely true. true. Okay. Well, they don't, they didn't, they, they're at the end of the series. They're, they're, they're not functionally utilized in any kind of like great way. Like, I can see in the books, they, they work in the books for what they do, because A, they advance the story as they need to. Oh no, we went through the portal stone and it took four months to get to Falma. Uh-oh. You know, it works that way to kind of like slingshot the storytelling so everybody meets up at the same time. But since we're kind of on crunch time with eight episodes and all of this stuff going on, yeah, I can see them kind of not utilizing that for, for it. Yeah, I mean, I like, sure, they do have some purpose in the books. But they, like, that purpose could easily be done in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that Jordan utilized the portal stones as they deserve to be utilized. So it, to me, it makes total sense that they would cut them. They're there. We've already seen them. You mean we've seen them in the show? Uh-huh. Yeah. When everybody's coming into Tyr. Uh, not Tyr, Tarvalon. Everybody, you, everybody passes a portal stone coming into Tarvalon. So. There, it's in the background. There is one time where Rand uses the portal stone because I know that Finya said that it doesn't really get utilized very well in the books. But there's there's one good 
there's one good spot to where he's like, I'm going to use the portal stone to transport this entire Aiel army. And everyone's just like, uh, are you sure about that, Rand? And he's just like, yeah, I got, he's like, I got this. <laughs> okay, that's true. That is a good usage of it. It is not enough to warrant inclusion in the books. I mean, inclusion in the show, in my opinion, when that's like one usage out of 14 books. Oh no, I totally agree. I totally agree. No, if if they're gonna if they're gonna use it one time, that is that is when you should use it. But we do see the the portal stones in the show. Um, they aren't called out, but we see every single one of the groups past one as they go into Tarma One. So they are in the background. I think I think that's going to remain just a, a little a nice little Easter egg for fans of the Portal Stones. I think you're right. They have their purpose, and I don't. They weren't fully utilized, and they're connected to things that weren't weren't we didn't see all of in the book. They're in the background. They have something to do with the Book of Worlds or whatever it's called that the Ogier talk about opening. The Book of Transformation. The translation. That's Book of Translation. They have something to do with that. I mean, like I love, I love them as a concept. I wish we got more of them in the books. And I think they might also be connected to the eel and the eel, the elfin and the elfin. <laughs> we don't get any of that. I mean, like no. So yeah, I think. Uh, Missed opportunity on Jordan's part or Sanderson's part. Yeah. Or both of their parts. Yeah. I think it was one of those we might have gotten more of if Jordan had stopped introducing <laughs> new characters, new <laughs> concepts, you know, all that stuff. I mean, the books are supposed to be a trilogy originally, right? Hey, look, new plot line in book eight. What about the plot line from book yeah. two? Oh, <laughs> you don't get that. New, new side plot. So, anyway, let's back to the trailer. Yeah, so af- after that, one of the next things that one of the next big things that we see, we see a scene with Perrin and one of the wolves, and a voice going like, "You've got something inside you," which I assume is um, Elias. So we'll finally get some more expansion on Perrin's character arc since we got very little outside of dealing with you know a, a fridged wife, no. basically. No, I forgot about the fridged wife. <laughs> I think a lot of us would like to forget about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's definitely Elias, um, or whatever uh, stand-in they have for Elias. Oh no, we we got a casting for Elias, didn't we? I thought, yeah, I thought mm-hmm. we got a casting for him. So that is definitely him. He's talking about the wolf inside. So we're gonna get a lot of Perrin being angsty about wolves. <laughs> angsty Perrin. I know I can't be a wolf. That's evil. I'm I'm bracing myself now. I can hope that maybe they'll cover do it a little better job of not making it so angsty teen. He is a little older now. I just I mean, like talking to wolves is so cool. I don't understand where his distaste for it lies. He just doesn't understand it. I would love to be able to talk to wolves and have my eyes <laughs> I mean, yeah, but well, I, I hope that they handle it in a way that makes his feelings a little more sympathetic. And and relatable and understandable because I just I mean I wish my eyes glowed golden and I could talk to wolves. That sounds rad. Yeah, I mean it does, but I can see where it would be really freaky if like it just sort of happened to you after you've already been swept up by a Isodai that you thought was a myth until just a few minutes ago, and your your village had been 
stormed by, you know, evil creatures that destroyed destroyed it and killed all your friends. And, you know, as far as you know, that just makes you one of those evil creatures. Yeah, but he angsts about it for, like, you know, ten books. Maybe that's like eight books too many. <laughs> it, no, because eventually he starts angsting about his missing wife. So. Okay. That's still a lot of angst. We could do a whole episode on just that, by the way. And, and Perrin and his angst. Perrin angsting on his wife. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll finally get to see some Wolf Brother action with uh, with Perrin, which will be nice to see. Because um, did we get a casting for Fael for this season? I forget. There's There's been a rumored casting, but I don't know if it's actually been confirmed. I don't think so. Yeah. So no no angsting on the wife yet. So we don't get any. It looks like we're not going to get any Lord Perrin this season. Yeah, there's there's a a leak about who she is, but not a confirmed casting. Okay. But it does seem like she should appear in this season, being the Great Hunt. She can be Mandarb. Wouldn't that be wild if uh, you know? Not this weekend, but next weekend at Dragon Con, they drop some more info uh, next week at dragon con we'll have three episodes oh that's very true that is very so they will be dropping <laughs> more <laughs> info next week uh yes technically yes <laughs> <laughs> so if we go in the order of the trailer we've already talked about this but we got to see more of Egwene being leashed you know we get to see the the, the collar i like how it's not like they've they've previously described that it's a literal just leashed collar in in the books and this one they're going with kind of this kind of half breastplate collar combo for it instead of it just being a simple collar you know so less kink more more jewelry yeah yeah <laughs> except the tv show adds that weird mouth guard thing to to the demone so yeah, yeah don't that's kind of weird uh we don't we don't get a lot of i guess points of view from other demone uh, outside of like a very special couple so you know we don't get a lot of how because we, we know that the the um demane are just basically you know davical slaves to their uh, their masters and stuff like that and it's not like they're linked to one person it's anybody who wears the uh the the brace can or the bracelet can control them so uh, I w- I'm, I'm interested to see how that this is going to adapt to mm-hmm. tv because when the what we've seen on TV so or on the on the uh, visually so far, I I haven't seen how they're linked to. So that could lead us into one of the other aspects of the things we've gotten in previews, which is the character sketches, because there is a very detailed sketch of the Damane uh, costume, including the uh, wrist bracelet for the the Soldam. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know if you looked at it. I glanced at it earlier, but I think I've already forgotten because there's there's so much, there's so much. I'll share a link with you, but they shared it on Facebook, and the first is Sarah, and then you have Moraine and Swan, and then you have the Damane, and this first is a sketch, and then a little more detail of the the Adam, and then an actual picture of them from the the preview. It's kind of interesting. They've made it like a, like a more of a cuff than a bracelet. Much like it's not a collar, but more of a chest piece. I mean, I, f- I feel like what they've done with all of it is make it more visually imposing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more visual. Mm-hmm. And it stands out a lot more than 
a simple collar, a simple bracelet does. Yeah. So it's it's much more distinct and easier to recognize on the screen. It is. Yeah, because in the books, it was always kind of a, how do you get this off? Because you look at it and it, it links so perfectly, you can't tell how to get it off. And you look at what they've got on the screen, it's like, how do you get that off? Yeah, that is very imposing and very intimidating. And it also doesn't evoke too much of chattel slavery, like which is one of my fears. Mm-hmm. It is very ornamental in a way that doesn't feel overly like evocative of, of something we don't really want to mimic. Yeah. So moving on with the trailer, we one of the next big spots we have is we actually see the dagger with Matt again. And I assume that this is at the point to where they have made landfall and this is basically Sir, not Siroth, who was, there was one, I forget his name now. He's in book two. He, he's basically the, the big, yeah. Turok. Turok? Mm-hmm. Turok, that was his name. Yeah. I, cause I think he was, he, he collects like Quain DR stuff specifically, but I think he came into the possession of the dagger cause it got brought to him by Padden Fane. He also had a seal. Yeah, yeah, because we do specifically see Suroth open up a little special device, a little spinny device that pops up. This little disc that I think is one of the seals of the Dark One's prison, a Quandiar disc. Because we do we see a huge one at the end of season one that gets cracked. But I think this is this is another one of the discs that we see. So we get to see Suroth, we get to see Quandiar. I'm pretty sure that the, the the dude with the scar with like all of the scars on his face, one of the high blood of the Shan Chan. I want to say that's Turok. I believe so. But I can only guess because they they've they've made a point to show him a few times outside of showing a bunch of faceless soldiers. So because our our two big bad Shan Chan at this point in the story is Suroth, who we know is a dark friend. Because later in the trailer we see her with. Balsamon, you know, she's making a proclamation or something like that, and Balsamon's standing right next to her. So we know that she's a dark friend, more or less. Uh, if that's Daniel Francis that you're talking about, Daniel Francis has been confirmed to be High Lord Turak. He has been confirmed? Yeah. Okay, then yeah. So that means that we get to see a very fun Blademaster battle this season. Potentially, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. I believe so, because in the... That first little preview, like first looks, we do see him come out like swinging his blade in front of some kind of fortress or castle. Mm. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Don't we see that in the trailer as well? A clip of that? We do. Yeah. They they re, they replay it in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I think everything from that was also in the trailer. And to kind of, uh, well, let, let's let's talk about one last thing, which we kind of skipped over. We see a lot of Rand. We see shirtless, very well-toned Rand <laughs> strapped to a wheel out in the aisle waist, it looks like. There's a device in the, de- in, in the trailer that, that he's kind of like strapped in front of. I have no clue what this is. Like, I legitimately do not know what this is. I guess we'll find out. Do you two have any idea? Because <laughs> I'm like, no clue. I'm grasping at straws trying to be like, when was he like restrained like this? It's another one of Robert Jordan's kinks, like spanking. No, his kink was um, skirt smoothing. Let's be real. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, no, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to think about it. And I just, I... <sighs> I don't know what it could be. And, you know, I'm kind of glad on the surprise of it because I want to be like, 
Rand, why are you shirtless in the waist? That seems like a bad idea. He wants to tan. <laughs> oh, and of course, speaking of the waist, we actually do get Avienda in the trailer veiling herself before fighting an unknown foe. Um, we see Perrin in the background when she's veiling herself, I think. Yeah. Um, so we get to see that. And as we saw, as we were, as all of us were at JordanCon last year, they, they showed off a little bit of uh, when, when Avienda, Bane, and Chiad were introduced. And it looks like they're going to be involved somehow at Falma. Not quite sure how that's going to work out yet, but less than two weeks. Yeah. Other small things that we see in the trailer is we see, we see Land fighting a fade. We also see this, I tried to pause it and see if I could see who it was, but we see, we see this guy with a flaming sword shove it through a fade. And I'm like, who is this? Ooh, I remember that. Yeah, that was like right at the very end. Yeah, it's a, right near the end. I don't know who it is. But they've got a flaming sword. It looks really cool. It's a great visual. Mm-hmm. So that kind of wraps it up for what we, what we get to see in the trailer. Of course, we skipped all of the Moraine stuff, but you know, if it keeps true to the books, Moraine really was not around for book two. She was in one chapter of book two, and that was when she visited some people to see something about the prophecy. So her journey is going to be for this season, figuring out how to unshield herself because she thinks she's still, she can't feel the source or anything like that. So I still think this is where we get a certain Brown in on the story a little early instead. We do have a casting for that. We do. It would make sense. And it would also help Maureen be relevant in the season in a way that she's not in the books. So we have, we have some, some other stuff. One small thing. Did you have anything else to say? Yeah, one small thing I'd like to point out about the trailer, and Maureen specifically, is we see a scene with her and Swan, and they're both wearing blue. And so I think that's going to be like a cold open flashback to uh, before Swan became Amarlin. Possibly when they first learn about the prophecy. Is, is that where they were making out? I don't, I don't remember if that was where they were making out. It might have been. It might have been. <laughs> yeah, because they, they were still freshly raised blue at that point. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say freshly raised. I mean, that's, that's kind of like saying, you know, it, it's time, time constraints in, in the world of the Aes Sedai is a little more loose than what we would consider. But yeah, I think I th- I think you're right. I think we're going to get some flashbacks with them. So moving on from that, we touched on the trailer. I know we didn't touch everything in the trailer, but I figured we'd try to touch all of the large stuff. We did kind of largely ignore Moraine, and then I mean, even Swan was in was in the trailer, but all of her stuff was involved with Rand. There was even a spot with Rand going up to Logan, going, "Hey, teach me how to channel," which you know does happen in the books. Yeah, I hope. That that means that we're still going going to get a Rand Elaine meet cute somehow because we obviously we didn't get it in Camelin because they didn't have a Camelin in the first season. But I would love if that happens if that still happens somehow, even if it's slightly different from the books. Whatever, I don't care. But I feel like I I feel like that I need if it doesn't happen this season, it needs to happen in a in a season to come. I need when when they're in letter correspondence with between. Elaine and Rand to where she sends him the letter and he's just like, Mother's milk in the cup. What does she want? Because <laughs> she sends all of those letters and back, they send those letters back and forth to each other. And it's, it's like hot, cold, hot, cold. Cause you know, Rand's, you know, 
He's a, he's a wool-headed, uh, pi- uh, you know, pig farmer. Sheep herder. Sheep herder. <laughs> so I, I need to see some of that. That that needs to translate over. We really do need a meet cute there. That'll probably happen because that's what that's what happened in Tier when uh they they, they the Aiel ransacked Tier is that's where they had their meet cute. They were over in the corner, you know, making out and and whispering sweet nothings at each other. No, it happens in he meets he meets. Elaine and Kaylin. Yeah. Like he climbs that wall. Yeah. But that's when he meets her. That's what the meat cute is. Right. It but really gets hot and heavy. That's their meat cute. Oh. That's what a meat cute <laughs> that's is. That's how they meet. <laughs> the meat cute is literally oh. the cute way a couple meet. The cute meat. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know what meat cute means. <laughs> you don't know enough rom com. I do not. <laughs> it is the cute story of how a couple meet. Oh, I see. Well, I have completely misunderstood that term for years. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Listeners, leave your comments on how I'm an idiot <laughs> below. You have to learn the word somehow. That's true. So, outside of the trailer, they released a whole bunch of like corresponding images of characters plus like image of text, right? So, we've kind of, well, I say we, Doll has kind of compiled those into a uh, Google, Google Doc for us. And the first one, we just have Lan and Moraine. And, um, what does it say, Doll? It's a student of Ensai and Edian. Through their teachings varied greatly. Though their teachings? Though their, oh, that does make more sense. <laughs> Anazi and Eden? Yeah, Anazi and Eden. Is that Eden? That's how you, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I would have pronounced it Adan. Adan. Could be. So between the three of us, <laughs> you've got three different pronunciations <laughs> to choose from. And, uh. In this old tongue underneath it were old tongue script for time codes that somebody on Twitter figured out. So the time codes are from episodes. So it's like episode season one, episode one at seventeen twelve, somebody says this word like these words or something to that effect. I didn't actually go back and look through the time code to see if that's actually what was said. I'm just going off of what I saw on Twitter. <laughs> Anybody have any idea of what this one can potentially mean? Because I don't, not for this one specifically. Like they were having people figure out who, like, what these were about, and then they would reveal it, and it was about Maureen and Lan. I see. And I'm guess I'm guessing Anazi and Eden were maybe somebody from that Lan taught under or something, or maybe it's one of them was Maureen's and one of them was Lan's, and their teachings very great. I don't know. That one I wasn't as aware of. Like I don't, I'm not really familiar with those names. Uh, Anasai is a Shianaran poet, according to the Wheel of Time wiki. Okay, so that would be Lan. And apparently, she was a favorite poet of Moraine. And and uh, is it's a Malkyrie noblewoman. Yeah, and she was Lan's first lover. Oh, it's funny because if you just Google Adean T. Gamalan Arel, a Malkyrie noblewoman, lived in Falmoran and Shinar. Look at that. That's, that's how I got all that information. I certainly <laughs> don't remember any of it. So I guess their teachings very greatly. <laughs> Somebody had to teach Lan. So next up, we have one with uh, Rand and Lanfear, Selene, whoever, whoever you want to view it as first, because we'll actually get introduced to uh, to this character is probably Selene, who will get revealed to be Lanfear for TV viewers, but not book readers, right? Probably. I mean, I'm pretty sure that 
when they confirmed her character, they confirmed her as Celine specifically. Sure. So, I mean, obviously, yes, as book readers, we know she's going to yeah. be Lanfear too, but. Mm-hmm. Let, let me, let me go, let me go tell my parents this who are only TV watchers <laughs> and they go, why does she have two names? <laughs> Soul of fire, heart of stone in pride, he conquers forcing the proud to yield. Yes. And I'm pretty sure that from the Carithian cycle. So it probably, and again, that was another timestamp, which was episode two at 46, 56. So I'm guessing that is around the time that Maureen is saying something about the cycle. And then the third one is Perrin and Avienda, which is an interesting combination. These are actually out of order from when they posted them. I just posted them by how I, I copied and pasted them. Um, this one said, Kin to Gnome, but cousin of Billy. He who soars reveals his destiny. So do you remember who Gnome is? Is that Gnome was, he was a wolf brother too, right? He was the wolf brother that Perrin found because they went to that one town and they go, yeah, this, this guy, he's been acting real funny. He, you know, he growls and he bites at everybody. He's broken all of his teeth off. He's acting very feral. And Perrin released him into the wild. They wanted to like keep him shackled up in the farm in like one of the farmhouses because he had just completely succumbed to he was a wolf brother before parent and he wasn't like Elias who was able to control it and stuff like that. He just kind of completely surrendered to it. So kin to gnome, but cousin of Beely, he who soars reveals his destiny. I don't remember who Beely is. Me either. So he who soars reveals his destiny. Do you think that could have any uh, could mean anything related? You know, knowing what we've seen in the trailer for season two, do you think that could uh, be Hopper? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about the trailer, but that's Hopper. Oh. I was also thinking Fael because doesn't isn't that like Falcon or something? That's a flying animal. Oh, that's true. So if you also remember Beely, no, I don't remember. I don't remember well, Beely. You may not. You may. You may not remember this. So <laughs> I don't remember Beely. <laughs> it's one that is a conger that died so, in two, the back on two rivers. So Beely, this the Beely I'm referring to was one of the names that Moraine had added to her list of potential dragon reborn candidates. Nope, doesn't ring this, a bell. <laughs> is this in the show or in the this? This was book. This is book. Okay. This is in the books, right? Is he the fourth boy on the book cover? <laughs> <laughs> there is a fourth person on or fourth man on the No, cover. no, he wasn't. This was this so this this was from um this is from the uh prequel novel for uh Wheel of Time, New Spring. This is one of the children that was born oh. at the same time that um well, you know, I don't know if this is referring to that specifically, but there was a Beely that was at that was born when um Gitara or foretelling in New Spring. So I don't know if this is referencing that, but this is what I remembered. I guess we'll find out though, right? I guess we will. According to fandom, Billy Adara is a cousin of Perrin. Okay, so it's probably that then. So I, yeah. I completely two two Beelies in the in the Wheel of Time universe and I referenced the wrong one. Well, according <laughs> to this, there's like many cousin 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 of Beely though. That would be Perrin. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Beelies if you Google Wheel of Time Beely. Oh, is there? Yeah. I just remembered that one specifically. Uh, Beely Adaro is a cousin 
So that's it's probably I mean that's the one they're referring to because it's his cousin. So so then we know kin to gnome as in wolf brother kin, but cousin of Beely, which we know to be Perrin, he who soars reveals his destiny. Hopper always wanted to soar, right? And then there was Billy Mendair, who was born in Lord Elisar's camp on the day of Guitara Morris. So that's the one I was referencing. Mm-hmm. That's the one you were talking about, but we don't know anything else about him. Nah. I only remember him specifically because it was a, oh, he was potentially a dragon reborn, but no, it was Rand. Yeah. And nothing about Avienda on this one. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, it's weird because they all seem to be like, talking about one of the characters but not the other not one. the other maybe the quote that's in the old script is actually about the other character i never actually went back and looked at them so how about this next one i think you can make any sense about the next one daughter of the tree of man yet child of the fruit of trees and then we have leandrin and nynaeve which in context of the show of what we've seen so far they they're they They've been kind of pairing them together because we're we're going to see that eventual betrayal come when they go to Falma. So, what do you think "daughter of the tree of man" means? Persimmons are in season. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I've never heard this quote. These are all supposedly from the books. Yeah, I'm I'm drawing a blank on this one specifically. But they've been playing up that Nynaeve isn't from Emmonsfield originally, so they they may be running with that somehow. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. So we'll we'll just leave that one up in the air because I don't think any, any of us have anything really to say about that one. No. So we can move on to the next one, which is who was this redheaded girl again? Oh yeah, <laughs> Elaine. <laughs> We've got Elaine and Egwene on the cover of this one. And for this one, it specifically says, Coriannon's heiress and crystal weaver, she wields great earthly power. And what do we know about Egwene? She she has the aptitude of channeling earth, which is a kind of men are usually stronger in channeling earth. But when they were testing her out, they found out that she had more prowess for channeling earth than, you know, all of the women around her. Also, Coriannon's heiress. So if you remember Corian and Nadir, who studied all of the Tarangrial and stuff like that in the tower, I, I think it just means kind of like, oh, she's kind of taken up her mantle more than her actual being heiress of it. So Yeah. And she also makes weaves crystals. Yes. Yeah. That's that's very um Lots yeah. of crystals. <laughs> Lots of crystals. Lots of crystals. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> no. Yeah. I we don't need to cry right now. And then we get Min and Matt. We get new Matt. New Matt. And uh, this one says, the barrel stave, she is dressed in the miner's rest. I think just because she likes to wear boy clothes. I think the miner's rest is also a tavern. Probably. There's like a billion of them. Yeah. It's a very tavern name. It is. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I have no idea what the quote means, but I think it's interesting that they paired Matt and Min together. Yeah, Min usually wants nothing to do with anybody unless it's Rand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may have something to do with the fact that Matt is still back in Tarvalon, and we see when we last see Min, she's heading somewhere, so she could end up in Tarvalon. Well, we know Elmendreda ends up in Tarvalon. We do we do know that, yeah. And she does look a lot more femininely dressed in this picture. Mm-hmm. It looks like she could be wearing a dress or a skirt, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's yeah, hard to say really in that is. picture specifically. But yeah, because she gets to the tower and she's like, can I please get out of these dresses? And they're like, no, <laughs> you have to remain in those dresses so that people don't know who you are. <laughs> and she's like, I just want to wear pants. Let me wear pants, please. I mean, I would be the same. It would just be, yeah, I would be the same men. I would be the same. And then the last one we have is our old buddy, the dark one. Mr. As not Asmodean. He's not. He's, he's not a uh, frilly enough to be Asmodean. No, Balsamon. Uh, what's his other name? Ishamael. Ishamael. Yes. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Oh, Ishi and Suroth. Hmm. I wonder why Suroth is with Ishi. I wonder. We see Suroth with uh, Ishmael in the trailer, and now we see Suroth with Ishmael in in these poster in these promo posters. Hmm. Hmm. And the words are struck but not defeated at the door of the servant's hall. He healed a shattered mind to be cruel, not kind. Oh. Do you remember? Oh, I know what that means exactly. Yeah. <laughs> our, our buddy so this, this, this is basic. Yeah, this is basically struck but not defeated at the serv- door of the servant's halls. This is when Luz Theron and his hundred companions defeated Ishmael mm-hmm. uh, later on when Luz Theron is you know, basically going mad from the taint, and he has killed everybody. And Ishi comes and heals his mind so that he can gloat. Pretty much. So what you're saying is this specifically is referring to the TV pilot Winter's Dragon. Yes. <laughs> the excellent pilot Winter's Dragon. It is finally canon and linked back <laughs> in to the Greater Wheel of Time projects. It is a beautiful day. For all Winter Dragon fans, you have been yes. validated. <laughs> Vindication after so long. Vindication for Billy Zane. I think this was, for me, this was the easiest <laughs> one because I read that and I knew exactly what it was immediately. Yeah. I mean, there's no other, like, that is absolutely 100% a shot my own, like, without a doubt. Lady Suroth is basically just a, a, a low level dark friend, I guess, would be. Too mean to say, being Lady Seroth of the High Blood, but you know. Spoiler. <laughs> no, we did say this was going to be a spoilerific episode. <laughs> you were warned. I'm pretty sure we've also already spoiled that she's a dark friend. So did we? Yeah, I, I did. Oh. Way earlier on in the trailer. <laughs> but yeah, um, really cool seeing those and some interesting tidbits of information. And a really weird hunt that I never fully understood before everybody else figured it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still don't know what the timestamps mean. I needed to go back and listen and see if they actually meant anything. I'm sure that there's someone on Twitter who has figured it out and compiled it already. Oh, they're actually, like, I mean, the only reason I knew they were timestamps is because somebody else had. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter of Time is on it. Like, it's impressive. I just thought it was fancy script on them. I didn't realize it was actual <laughs> numbers. Like, huh, today I learned that the old tongue actually has a script. I didn't know that. But uh, yeah, one of the other things we got was a little thing with the Trollocs. Didn't any of you watch that? I did. I did watch it. Yeah. I think I missed that. So it's just them. Um, I think it's uh, Rosamund Pike who's giving a voiceover talking about the origins of the Trollocs. And I think they have um, some of the people who are involved in like the design and effects talking about some of the logistics yeah um they mentioned for example that 
they were really concerned about um, the safety of the stunt actors who are playing the Trollocs. So like all of the horns, for example, are designed to break off when you fall and then clip back on easily to help avoid injury. So it's just a little more information about Trollocs and, and how, they, how they created them in the show. Yeah. Also, a little more information about what they are. Like the cross between humans and creatures and how they chose the different creatures yeah and who their favorite trollocs were um and there was another little section where rosamund pike and a couple other of the actors talked about their favorite thing but i don't i didn't actually watch it so i don't know anything about it <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't get that but there's um also a clip that's uh, five things you need to know from season one. That, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. So, so that's not um, so much them talking about their favorite things. It's them. I guess it was what you need. Yeah. It's them giving giving a very high level overview of what happened in season one as like a recap. Okay. And I believe it's Rosamund Pike, Yosha, uh, Sierra Coveney, who plays Elaine, the new Matt. Uh, what is his name? Finn, and then. Um, Perrin, whose actor I'm forgetting, Marcus. And they each they each give like one thing that happened in the season. Okay. I I only I caught a few minutes of it, but I couldn't didn't have time to watch it and I never forgot to go back and watch it to see what it did. Yeah, it's I mean it's not long. Um it's just a couple minutes. And it is, like I said, this very like high level overview. So if you are not a huge Wheel of Time nerd and you need a refresher, you can <laughs> go back and, and remember what season one yeah. was all about. Or you could just go back and watch it all. You have a week. Or you could listen to our podcast episodes about it. That's true. That's true. So in a little bit more than a week as of recording this, and probably a little less than a week once we release it, we will have the first three episodes. Uh, do you guys have any like predictions for what we, what you think we'll see in the first few episodes? Anything you're excited to, to see in upcoming season? Honestly, and this is probably a bad time to say this, given that we've just spent the last however long talking about what we think is going to happen. I tend not to do that. <laughs> like I tend, I tend not to try to predict what's going to happen or, or, you know, watch all of the information i generally don't even watch watch trailers um because i like going into a season just excited and, and not knowing anything um whoops so this is this is why in our notes i was like i probably won't have that much to say actually i'm generally the same yeah y- usually when it comes to tv shows and stuff like that i don't i'm like i'm gonna watch it anyways there's no point in watching all this promo stuff mm-hmm. but because because we're doing this podcast i kind of had to yeah i'm like all right cool we're gonna see all this cool stuff in the first three episodes we are definitely gonna see the sean chan invasion of of, of the western coast of rain rainland we will absolutely see that in what capacity mm, who knows but we're gonna get some good setup for that i think we will see uh naive's accepted test uh in one of the first three episodes i think because that's that's a big thing for a lot of a lot of people love uh naive and they that's that's one thing that i know several people are really looking forward to so i think they'll lead out early in the season with that yeah because we need to get her as an accepted as fast as possible to get you know current things going because by the end of the season we're going to see them in falma or tear or wherever they decide to end the season you know we've got eight episodes mid-season two we could see them in falma 
end of season we could see tier. I have no idea based on everything they've given us so far, but we will definitely see at least the Sean Chen, you know, making ground in Randland early season two. I think we're going to get some, the first episode, probably going to start with Lan and Moraine, and we're going to get some sort of answers as to what's going on with Moraine, even if it's a big old question mark. I think, I think we're definitely going to go back to the tower. Like you said, I think we'll see Nynaeve's accepted death, and I think we'll see Lan sneaking the Wonder Girls off for their adventures outside the tower, because, you know, Wonder Girls are going to wonder. <laughs> and yeah, I think we'll, we'll definitely see Flom. We know that. And I think we're going to go to tier, but we'll see. I'm excited. Me too. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm, it, it sucks because I'm going to be at Dragon Con the day that the season drops. So I'm not going to be able to stay up till 3 a.m. to watch the episodes. I'm going to have to wait until I'm home later that night. Oh, that's, they had announced that they are releasing them at like midnight Pacific time and not Greenwich Mean Time. Yeah. So that for, for, for some of us, not like Finya here. It's going to be 3 a.m. for us. Well, but I'm not going to have any kind of cell phone service. I'm going to be off in the mountains, so I'm not going to be able to watch it either. Oh, that's right. So <laughs> me and Diane are the only ones that can watch. I'll be watching it Friday evening or Friday night, late Friday oh, night, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. I, there's no way I'm just going to be able to watch one episode. I'm going to have to watch all three back to back. It's going to be a I rough night. I don't go to sleep until 3 a.m., so. I guess I will be staying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, as much as I'm excited for this, I my days of like midnight, you know, seeing midnight, they're long gone. I don't stay up that late anymore. I think I think they're gone for everybody because they just released <laughs> the movies at 7 p.m. on Thursday now. Yeah. And what you're talking but, about midnight is like my prime working hour. I would I would love to be a night owl. Like I'm a night owl by inclination, but I have dogs, and they need to get up early, so I don't, I don't stay up until midnight anymore. Just invite Diana over. <laughs> That's why I have a cat. <laughs> so thank you for joining us on our return back to Tarvalon Talks. If you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to talk about, feel free to send us an email to producer.tbt at gmail.com. Or, if you'd like, you can just join us on tarvalon.net. It's very simple. In our general forums, we've got a special thread called Tarvalon Talks pinned at the top of the page. Easy to find. You can also chat with us via the Tarvalon.net's Discord server and the Tarvalon Talks Discord channel. Again, very easy to find. Tarvalon Talks. And also, do not forget to check out the first three episodes of Season 2 of The Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime come September 1st. I'd also like to plug the Tarvalon Twitter account. We're also on Blue Sky, I believe at Carvalon, so if you wanted to talk to us via that way, it'll it'll get to us. Yeah, it, everything will find its way back to us. So, until next time.